possibilities that are really endless here like I really feel like the like the smack playground is like your oyster and you can do whatever you want with it and like there's always an opportunity on like literally every street corner and I think like in terms of like my career like, like I I can become what I want to become. Hi you guys so we're back for another episode of Just Go With It. I'm Ashley and we're here with our wonderful co-host Abby. And I'm Abby and we took out our intro because we hated it. So yeah, that if you guys were confused which one of us is which, now you know. Now you know. And on this episode, we are gearing up for Valentine's Day, which is in two days. So we had on our near and dear friend from Pepperdine, Sarah. She's living in New York City, a very Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle. And we're here to talk all things dating, per usual. Oh, what else do I talk about? <laughs> I am so honored. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited. We have such a lineup. We want to talk about how Sarah is living her sex in the city dreams moving to New York City after graduation. She's working for a celebrity matchmaker, which I didn't even know existed these days. And why the hell you should love yourself going into Valentine's Day. Yay, self-love. Yay, self-love. All three of us for Pepperdine PR majors and I met Sarah, I think freshman year because we were in the same dorm. And then we were in a bunch of PR classes together and we would always sit by each other. And we went to London one summer. It grew from there. Now we text every day. It's wild. Ew. We have so many updates for each other. And then Abby and Sarah have quite a different story. I feel bad. You go ahead. Our story Abby. is more turbulent, if you will. Um, I actually didn't really know Sarah before junior year of college. And then we decided to be roommates um, because we were trying to find a fourth girl to fill this like really fun apartment in Malibu. And we didn't know her yet, but everyone was like, she's so sweet. She's so nice. And we're like, okay, perfect. So we were roommates for like maybe two weeks tops, would you say? <laughs> the summer coming back from abroad. I don't think we ever slept in the same room together. <laughs> yeah, so not boring. one time. We were roommates for a week maybe and not one time did we both spend the night there. I just think maybe like we were two ships in the night because – we just passed each other like now we're fast friends like clearly you can tell like on this podcast like we get along so well and I think we just never really fully gave each other a chance maybe neither of them set foot on the bridge that was between them nothing no bridge was built that was my fault um I seemed to like not like change and I just didn't want change so I do apologize for that. I, it's funny how life takes it. I don't think um, when I was 21 years old, I thought I would be going on a podcast with you. But here we are. And I'm delighted to be here. I know it's just funny. I still feel bad about the whole thing. Like, So do I. I think it was definitely like mutual issues. I just think none, like no one was saying what they really thought. Like it was all just very like walking on eggshells around each other, which is so funny because if we would have just tried to get to know each other, like, look how good of friends we are now. Like, we get along right. so well. We no. go visit Sarah in New York, and she's like, Ashley, you can stay with me, but Abby, go get your own hotel. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, we can't spend the night under the same roof. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think you guys found me because I was the girl that kept posting about selling Coachella tickets. On the yeah. <laughs> So wait, you guys figured so. she would be fun, so. Figured she'd be fun, and then she could afford the rent. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. 
No, but that's really funny. Um, that just goes to show everyone give each other a full college try. Give it a full chance to get to know someone because you never freaking know. A good old American effort. So why don't we just kick things off? How what are our feelings about Valentine's Day in general? I mean, I'm looking forward to the 15th. <laughs> For when it's over? Yeah. I mean, no, I feel like it's a great day if you're in a relationship. Or you're like on the cusp of one, but if you're alone, not that I am, I just feel like it's, I don't know, there's just a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stigma. But like you guys mentioned with the self-love thing, I feel like that is something that we should do a lot more of, particularly on Valentine's Day. And I just, um, I still can't wait for um, the 15th of, of February though. It's, I get anxiety on the day. I'm not kidding. It, it stresses me out. Like I just need to eat chocolate to suffer through the day. <laughs> I feel like our generation has championed the idea of Galentine's Day, though. Like, I'm sure it was always kind of a thing, but I feel like it's become so normalized and so fun to, like, get together with girlfriends or just do, like, girly things on Valentine's Day and, like, love each other and love in your friendships as opposed to romantic. Because I was thinking about it today and I was like, what the heck do people our age even do? Like, it's not like we have real money to spend and do something big or nice or get, like, a good gift on valentine's day but we're not in high school so like all the cutesy stuff isn't gonna cut it so it's like what do we do like weird age gap yeah no one's gonna buy you a costco teddy bear no one's gonna like send you a singing gram in the halls of your high school like what are you supposed to do when you're 22 like it's that is a fair assumption so anyone listening that has recommendations for abby for valentine's day what to do as a broke 22 year old send them our way i've always loved valentine's day i think it's so cute i love the color scheme and some friend brought this up to me they were like it's one of those holidays where if it doesn't meet your expectations you're not embarrassed to tell other people whereas if new year's eve or something or christmas is just like the biggest letdown then you're like oh man i missed out and if you miss out on valentine's day well i thought the end of the world Better luck next year. I agree. Exactly. Like, it's always going to come around again. But I feel like people empathize more with Valentine's Day, like, if it's not, like, ideal for you. Whereas, like, you you were saying, Ashley, like, with New Year's, it's just, like, well, your life sucks then. Mm -hmm. It's starting the year off wrong. Exactly. It kind of, like, bands the lonely together. Like, all of the people are, like, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Oh, nothing. Let's get together and, like, drink champagne and eat pizza. Like, I kind of like that. Which is arguably sometimes more fun than hanging out with some guy that you've only been on seven dates on. So it's a weird in-between. Exactly. Like, what do you do? You can do whatever you want. You can wear whatever you want. You can eat how much you want. You can drink how much you want. Not that you can't with with a guy or a significant other, but... It's a lot like more low key. So I need to embrace that more. I'll be with my mom probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you and your mom just have the most fabulous relationship though. Like for all the listeners, we've just confirmed that they live together, Sarah and her mom. And you guys are just the cutest little duo. Like you're always wearing the most fire outfits and just doing such fun New York things. Like can you talk about your relationship with her? Like you're really close and it's really cute. Very Gilmore Girls vibes. Except yeah. New York City version. You're not the first person to have said that with the Gilmore Girls. And sadly, we both haven't watched um, the show, so we need to do that. But no, thank you, Abby. You were so sweet as well um, with the compliments. But yes, yeah, so June is my mother. Um, 
be, I think that's what we most, I mostly refer to her as June these days. Um, <laughs> you know, I aged out of calling her mom. No. When I turned 18, June said, no more, Sarah. <laughs> she literally has, I have three names for her. Janny slash January, Jennifer and June. And like, they're all from various stories. Um, but you know, like someone stole her Instagram username. So now she's Jennifer on that. So then that's why she's Jennifer. And then Janny slash January is a name I created um, for her in a book I, or in a novel or, or no short story I wrote. And so then she just became January and then June. Yeah. So June is this retired pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> that just like adds to a retired pediatrician from Florida and a postgrad between New York City together to share an apartment. So I moved to New York City um, July 1st, to be exact, and I thought she was staying for two weeks just for, like, quarantine purposes, and that turned into, like, indefinite stay in New York City. She loves it. Um, I didn't think she would ever want to stay. She doesn't like cold or just, like, cityscape everywhere, but alas, here she is. So um, we are living on in, like, the Hell's Kitchen area of Manhattan together. Um, and yeah, she is my roommate. We do far too much together. I think that is partially in fact due to COVID and partially in fact due to that, like we're attached to the hip. Um, but yeah, we will wear matching outfits. I will, I dress her a lot. So that's what we look like. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, she does my laundry. I occasionally take out the trash. We get in fights. We watch rom-coms. We manalize everything. Um, yeah, well, I make her man analyze my life I should say I think she's over it manalize can we touch on that I've never heard that saying before and I'm obsessed with it by the end of this episode we will have a list of definitions to post from Sarah on Instagram (laughs) there will be like entirely new language um so I think the definition of manalize is just like analyzing slash obsessing slash reinterpreting every event that has occurred or any like any interaction with the male species that in particular has involved myself, at least in these manalizing instances with June. So yeah, it's just really, and it also involves Googling everything that could happen and seeing like what Reddit has to say. So <laughs> different, like what, what does Cosmo have to say on the event? So yes, there's a lot of manalizing always going on in my life because ever okay, the over- Asking Cosmo for boy advice is just the most like sex in the city thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Oh, I mean, like I have to Iconic. make- Iconic. I have to make care you truly I have to and she I actually met her the first week that I was in uh New York City and I felt like that was a sign from above Sarah Jessica Parker yes (laughs) a conversation it was amazing so how did you run into her on the in the wild and no, I, uh, okay, long story short, she was reopening a shoe store, um, her shoe line, SJP. She had a new store and she was, uh, there had been on Instagram, some like posts and hints that she was going to be in the store on the day of the reopening. So me being me, of course, had to visit. I ended up visiting too late, but they told me come back early the next day. And like, like 11 a.m. sharp when the, the store opened. So my mom and I come in, we get all dressed up because we knew it was time to meet SJP. And um, I want to say around 1130, she came up, um, st- she came up to the floor because she was downstairs in the stockroom and she was with her like two personal assistants and she's, oh, we've heard so much about you. You're practically famous here. And we're like, you're the famous one. But we just chatted about life, about her. Wait, wait, stop. She said she's heard so much about you. Yes. Yeah, can we back it up? <laughs> wait, backpedal. 
Julian a little bit. What store was this? It's called SJP. Like the oh, it's her store. Okay. And why has she heard? So the workers are telling her about you in June. They just like really loved us for some reason the day before. So like we'd been, we I think we were there like an hour, hour and a half. This is not like a normal thing that we do, but they just really loved us. And uh, apparently they told Sarah all about us even. And so she just was very kind to us and just spoke very highly. And she took a picture of our feet and put it on her Instagram. It was really <laughs> fun. Yeah, Your feet are on Sarah Jessica Parker's Instagram. I well, scream. SJP. You were like, had like a foot fetish. Like, it's not a great picture of the feet, but they are favorite feet nonetheless. <laughs> you had a foot fetish. <laughs> to all of our listeners that have foot fetishes, don't you worry. Like, we are looking out for you. We see you. We hear you. We will be posting the foot photo on our Instagram. You're welcome. <laughs> we target every market that exists known to man. Yeah. <laughs> our listenership is so diverse like i'm sure there are some feedies out there for well, sure absolutely you know there's only fans well i think there's like only hands i think there could be like only feet there's like all <laughs> <laughs> so what is your absolute absolute favorite thing about living in new york at the I moment it's i mean one that i can become carrie bradshaw no um joking aside I think I just love like the possibilities that are really endless here like I really feel like the like the smat playground is like your oyster and you can do whatever you want with it and like there's always an opportunity on like literally every street corner and I think like in terms of like my career like I I can become what I want to become here and I think it really so Carrie Bradshaw thank you yeah but like in reality I will be broke and putting the shoes in my oven because I have no um, space otherwise. But until then, I'm just going to keep living with those aspirations and rewatching Sex in the City until we have that reboot. Do you actually have shoes in the oven or is that just a saying New Yorkers say? Like, I feel like I think we really did that. Honestly, if, my mo- if, if June did not live here with me, there would be perhaps a chance that the shoes were in the oven. But no, they're in my closet, sadly. Got it. <laughs> I just yeah. had to clarify because that's pretty iconic as well. I mean, I would do that. So it is yeah. very important that you clarified, Abby. Yes, thank you. How, did you always want to live in New York? Was that like a lifelong dream or was it kind of more recent when you were in college? Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of always been on the back burner of my mind since I've been little. Because I grew up originally in Iowa. I don't know if you guys knew that um, until I was 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's a small secret. Yeah, I always <laughs> you try to hide. hiding that from the masses, the Iowa I roots. <laughs> I sprinkle it in there when I feel like it's like not no one's gonna really absorb it usually. Um, but I now being on the podcast, yes, I am from Des Moines, Iowa. Um, so I like cringing as she says it. It pains me. At least the at least the city is French, so I feel like there's something that is special about. Yeah, that. you hear that plebeians? It's Des Moines, Iowa, not Des Moines. You don't say the s, okay? <laughs> if you say the s, you just need to stop listening to this podcast right now. Illiterate fools. Yeah, so I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, until I was 15, and then I moved to Florida and for high school or in high school. And then LA, which is where I met you guys at Pepperdine. But I think like in the midst of all of that, 
like moving and transition or transitory periods of my life, New York was always in my mind. I didn't really know when I would end up there. My primary concern was the cold, but lo and behold, I am alive and I have not turned into a, um, a complete and utter ice queen yet. So I'm going to continue living that. But I think I just liked like the uh, the fashion aspect, the culture, the the men. I just always was enthused by the idea mm-hmm. of it. Um, I thought during COVID might as well move to like the most, I don't know, kind of questionable city at the <laughs> worst time possible. So that's what I did. That's why. That's what you did and you're thriving. Exactly. Well, that's what Instagram would think. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the morning toast and they were talking about how every New Yorker has their first fall on the street in ice because they slip. Have you fallen on the street, on the sidewalk, in the snow and the ice yet? I love that question so much. Um, I feel like you were visualizing the fall as you said it. No, I actually have not fallen. I've had some like slips and some It's coming for you. (laughs) I I really have been thinking about this a lot lately. Like I was walking through Central Park yesterday. I felt like I was kind of like ice skate sliding my way through it, but I have not fallen and I'm very prone to falling. For example, when I was in Paris in the summer a few years ago, I fell like literally flat on my butt um, right outside of a Dior store. So that was like really tragic at five in the morning. So I am really, uh, I will definitely fall. Champagne problems. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Taylor. Um, yeah. the, Dior, the Dior sales associate saw me fall. <laughs> no, it was so embarrassing. It was in Paris. It was five in the morning. Actually, it was right before I went to London for our like intern or not internship, whatever our program was at Pepper. Yes, we to- Sarah spent a summer in London. Also, if anyone has any questions about Paris travel, reach out on Sarah's Instagram, which we'll throw out later. Before I went to Paris, I remember I was asking you for a bunch of a rundown on every specific neighborhood and where I should eat and what I should do. I'm so flattered. No, truly. No, the joke is like the vegan gives out probably the worst recommendations possible for food. <laughs> Anything, everything Paris related, please ask me. I j'adore, j'adore, j'adore. <laughs> we have a Paris connoisseur. The real question is, when you saw the show Emily in Paris, I'm assuming you watched it. Oh, but of course. Oh, but of course. Did you know it was supposed to like be st- like said Emily in Paris because... Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, you guys, we've been fooled. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. Post that on the Instagram story too. That just did not catch on because we're all, you know, Americans. We just get Emily in Paris. And I feel like if they wanted to catch on, they should have had Lily Collins be speaking on her story a lot and saying it. All of the other stars. No one said anything. A swing and a big not miss, Netflix. (laughs) And then see that like she apparently was supposed to be 22 years old. Just so unrealistic. I'm sure you definitely watched it because it's by the same writers of Sex in the City, but I just feel like personally I was extremely let down by that TV show because I had such high expectations. Abby had a good point. She said the only reason it's mildly interesting is because we we were all PR majors. We all are interested in like entertainment vibes. But aside from that, the average yeah. person watching. I agree. Um, well, yeah. of course I'm obsessed because like Sex in the City has, I feel like elements of it and everything in Paris. But I will agree, um, the realism was questionable. Also, I don't really think that it deserved a Golden Globe nomination, especially Definitely not. to Bridgerton. Like, mm-hmm. Justice for Bridgerton, I'm here with you. That show blew my mind. It was so beautiful. The acting was so good. I was so enthralled by the characters. 
the music, the setting. It's on another level. I mean, of course, I love my like rom-com, Emily and Kathy, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but I feel like it, it was just, it was completely, they snubbed them. It was very, offen- I was offended for them. Yeah, I was upset for them. I was about ready to like take to the streets and riot when Bridgerton got no <laughs> acknowledgement. Abby is in Washington, Spokane, on a street corner with a cardboard sign saying honk if you think Bridgerton should have gotten the Golden Globe nomination. I you know that meme guy that's a guy with a cardboard yeah. sign and he yeah. stands and says things like he should have one. This is justice for Bridgerton. Like the Golden Globes did them dirty. I no, I think you should um, uh, protest through the promenade, as they may say on the show. And, oh, and yes. Uh, and pull one of those because it was just on promenade. Yes. Speaking of justice for people, justice for Sarah's dating life. Let's talk about you dating in New York City. What? What's to talk about? I never did. I just want to low down. I have never lived in New York. I've spent like a week there. I've never lived in New York. I've certainly never been on a date in New York. What is like the clientele dating scene? Like, give yes. us the scoop, the inside, just the lowdown. So, like the 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 dating scene is very diverse here. I it really, if you, if you have a type, it is here. You can find anything and everything. There are many stories and many lessons I have learned since my brief. That Abby, living, breathing males, any kind you want. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of place. Living and breathing. <laughs> it's all it takes. One time, Abby was making a TikTok and she texted all of her friend group and she said, "Describe the type of boy that I'm usually attracted to or date." And my response was, "Any living, breathing, walking man over six feet or something." <laughs> <laughs> really high standards. I do have really diverse interests in men. So that does sound like really exciting, very enticing, this New York (laughs) So it's any type of man we could find. Are you finding, well, I guess it's COVID. So you're not really running into these men in the wild. You're finding them on dating apps, right? Hinge, I'm assuming. I can't speak to men in public. So it always has to be pre-arranged. So forget COVID. (laughs) So COVID was a great excuse to act like I date normally. Because that's how I, I go about it. I have terrible time in person meeting men. I'm great on the first date, so they can never believe that I don't meet people in real life. And I'm like, huh, eh, that's because this is the range. Um, yeah. So like, I would recommend if you were here going on Bumble and or Hinge. Bumble far more questionable. Hinge still questionable, but I feel like the quality is definitely up there. Tinder, did no, no, delete that before it's ever on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the league. I still don't think that thing works. Um, I don't know what that even is. It's the league. Are you familiar with it, Abby? Kind of. I is think, that a baseball? Is it, what is I that? Think it's more like Ivy League vibes. Like we're all rich. Let's date each other. Oh, you never. Well, I never matched with anyone. I was a very annoyed, and like you only get three matches per day. I would say Hinge is your best bet. You can find what you want. Doesn't mean it's gonna last, but there is there is promise at the end it of doesn't? that. Doesn't. I thought it always lasts. The app that's meant to be deleted. <laughs> but okay, I'm back to the men. They're very, they're very um materialistic. A lot of them. Um, there are some good ones. It takes a lot of dates. Um, perhaps I just have a terrible type, but I'm working on that. I believe the type is evolving as I am. What is your type? I want to hear it. Um, usually abs. Uh, let's see what else. Abs. They have a good. <laughs> abs okay good job generally they work in finance they are like at least six feet tall they're very sarcastic they have a good sense of humor i think i said that already 
they are just um they're bad boys basically <laughs> you're like <laughs> i'm actually describing the worst type of men to pick out <laughs> so i think it really stems from that and it just it follows me throughout my entire life but i feel like i'm on i'm on a good good hill of life the hill is, is looking okay cool. we're on an upward trajectory in the dating scene yeah what is the funniest new york city date that you have been on or most awkward, like whatever you constitute as oh, like funniest. Oh yeah, um, it's very because you guys know me. I don't know if you'll actually want to put this on your uh, recording, <laughs> but I went to a trap house and <laughs> what <laughs> is what like Fetty Wap trap house trap? Yeah, what does that mean? Can you describe a little bit more? Frat house, but we're older now. <laughs> yeah, is that like an adult frat house? Yes, but scarier, and like the like the police definitely should have been involved. So according to like my Google definition, it's a place where illegal drugs are sold. So I think that I was it was just it was an interesting crap house, trap house, whatever you want to call it. It was in Brooklyn. It was like part two of a very tragic date. Um, the guy was really hot. He uh was just he was very much older than me. Uh, no. Fucking real. Yeah. And he was like, let's go to like a party. Do you want to go to this like NHL party or do you want to go to Brooklyn? And I hadn't been to Brooklyn. So I was like, let's go to Brooklyn. Never choose to go to Brooklyn. That's step one. You chose to go to Brooklyn over the other option? Well, I didn't know what it was. And then he blamed me. You were being surrounded by men of the National Hockey League? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, clearly we see where my mind has gone. But, okay, so my date disappeared for quite a while. And then I met this, like, prince of, like, Kuwait. It was the weirdest night of my life. He's not a nice human at all. And, yeah, so that was the weirdest party of my life. And there there were a lot of things. And then there was this – I was just in the corner. It was scary. (laughs) You were the trap queen. Trap queen. (laughs) You could have been – fraternizing with hockey players do you know how hot hockey players are i don't know why they're hot they're happy i'm foolish yes lesson learned it was the worst night of my life and i regretted it for i still regret it on the flip side do you have any really fun dating stories in new york of just really exciting dates that went well that were cute and fun very storybook you're in a movie Oh, I have a very bachelor-esque date, actually. Lay it on us. For your target market. Okay, so it was date number three. We had met um, an Australian man. He wanted to take me on, or he invited me on a drive upstate New York on a Saturday. So just, like, drive. He, he loves, like, luxury cars or whatever. And um, he was like, I have Exactly. That makes four of us. <laughs> Sadly, it wasn't, I'm, I sound like such a snob. It wasn't a foreign car. And I was like, really? You're taking me American, in an American car? And I was like, this is great. She's so, like, this is bullshit. I'm in an American-made car in upstate New York with I, a wealthy, kind man. Exactly. Well, he's not well, or he's not, no, he's wealthy. He's not kind. So <laughs> basically, he invites me on this entire day. He take, He picks me up, which is a rarity in New York. They rarely pick you up at all. But I mean, of course, in an Uber. So he uh, he Ubers to me and then we go to New Jersey to pick up said car. 
And then we drive like an hour, hour and a half north to like this really pretty park. And then we have a picnic. He packs me like this vegan picnic, very friendly toward my very restrictive diet. And then he took a nap on, on me. That was nice until I couldn't move. And I was like, well, I can't breathe now because I'm going to wake him up. Um, and then we just drove around. He let me drive. We went fast. We went slow. We kissed. We took pictures. We had tea. I uh, peed behind an outhouse. It was quite a picturesque day. No, it was really cute, though. And then we were supposed to have dinner at his house that night, and then he had a business call, and that didn't happen. But it was really, really cute. It was like the dream date in terms of just like, I don't know. I feel like I was on The Bachelor, even though I wasn't. That sounds better than The Bachelor, to be honest. Yes, that sounds like producers arranged it for you guys. Really? I mean, we had like, I mean, and we had an Australian accent, so that was really a 10 out of 10 date it was one of my favorites just elevates it by a hundred percent the accent totally and if you think about it on the bachelor these girls are like smacking each other around for some guy's attention (laughs) and you you got the one-on-one sarah so congrats (laughs) you got the one-on-one i definitely didn't get the final rose though (laughs) (laughs) you need to in this year of reckless dating be chronologically taking note of all of this i can help you edit it and i think we need to publish some sort of short novel like tell all yeah you know anonymous anonymous author i I have a pen name i'm not going to tell you guys but you'll 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 know when you read it exactly who wrote it but i have actually i don't know if i shared it with you but and abby i need to share it with you uh this presentation of all the men i've ever dated you did share it with me i really felt like i was so productive that day and i was really proud of myself (laughs) And those are those activities for late at night when you want to do something creative, but you don't want to do something towards bettering yourself or your career, mm-hmm. just like something mindless at like midnight. That's a good activity to do at that time of the night. Exactly. <laughs> and then you wake up the next day and you're like, wow, this is what my life has come to. But it's great at the moment. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. So for all of you guys listening, if you want to have a magical date like that, maybe you should check out Sarah's new job. She works for a matchmaker in the New York City elite. And please just run that down for us. Who is this woman? And like, what? how does her company work? And what's it called? And also? how did you get the job? And what do you oh, do? See, I'll start with the company. It's called Platinum Poire. Um, of course, it's French. The Poire it means pear. So it's like platinum pear. And it kind of is like the double entendre of like the fruit. And then also, you know, P-A-I-R. Up. <laughs> yes, perfect match. C'est la vie. Uh, so it is a, um, I would say definitely for like the more, like you said, uh, actually the elite um, members of New York society. You're not society, but it is um, a power couple matchmaking service. It started about eight years ago. It was um, co-founded by this man named Dr. Errol Gluck and um, Rory Sassoon, who is my primary boss. She worked in fashion and then she transitioned into more of this matchmaking role. Um, and basically, they uh, it is members only. Uh, they match. Uh, it's a quite a pricey um, service, but they help you kind of find the love of your life. They're very particular and they will continue. It's really cool because the service is not like there's an expiration date until you're successfully matched for over six months, um, monogamously so, very exclusive in that relationship. Then Nice little warranty guarantee on there. <laughs> completely. It is love guaranteed, but in um, a non-Netflix version of it. So yeah, they, um, they're very, they, they, it's like a very, it's like a three-step process or so. You may have an initial conversation with Rory. And then you'll come in or do like a Zoom consultation. 
with Rory to kind of just assess what you want, what you're looking for, what your preferences are. You'll fill out preference sheets. Um, obviously, there's lots of contracts involved. And then you'll come in for more of a profile two-on-one with Dr. Gluck. And then Rory as well with said client. And Dr. Gluck is, he has many, many um, titles, many, um, many certifications, but he's also like a hypnotherapist. Yeah, I was going to ask what kind of doctor he was. Yes, he, he's a doctor of, honestly, I didn't even know I have his card in front of me. And it is, I, I don't know what half of these titles are because I've never heard of them. Like C-H-T-C-I and then doctor of ministry. I, I don't know what these are. So ministry? You know. Yeah, I got nothing for you. That's not my uh, area of expertise. Not our forte. No, he, okay, I actually could tell you more of a general summary because they have a book out. It's called The Art of the Date. It's a great book. I've learned a lot. I am, am not, um, I'm very novice in dating still, clearly. Would you recommend that to our listeners, The Art of the Date? It's more, I'd say, targeted toward someone in their like mid-30s per se, but okay. I think still it's very applicable to any age range. It just kind of tells you how you need to treat and like love yourself before you love anyone else and you need to like be healthy when you're like looking for a potential relationship and a potential partner because otherwise eventually those like insecurities or those anxieties that you have will come out and it won't be in the most healthy way necessarily. So I think it's it's very still applicable. But in terms of finding like your power couple, it's not necessarily the best book for 20-somethings unless you're, I don't know, a trust fund baby. So let me know. I very much want to hit on that self-love a little later in the episode, but I still have more questions about this matchmaking business. What are the clients generally like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or is it like all across the board? They're more like, I can say like the CEO, C-level suite type of individuals that are part of the company. Um, or not part of the company, but part of the clientele. I'd say for the most part, it, the, mm, the members are like 40s and 50s. So yeah, I mean like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, just kind of depends. Uh, I like the people who are getting desperate to find love and also have the money to spend. Yeah, a 21-year-old doesn't have this type of cash. How much does this service typically... The women are sixty five hundred, and the men are twenty thousand. <gasps> yeah. Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars to hopefully get married and spend a boatload on the wedding next. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, okay, it is a lot of money, but if you have that kind of cash to spend, mm-hmm. it's probably just like a blink of an eye, like just a little, you know, I don't know, penny or two. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's Very it's nice. a really cool it's a really cool company. I found the company back in July on Indeed and I applied for a job as like an admin assistant. Long story short, I didn't get the job, but um I went through a series of ups and downs in my personal and professional life and I realized that I needed to stop applying for the same job over and over again. And so I reached out to Rory a couple weeks ago. I just emailed her and said like I wanted to catch up, see how you were and we hopped on a call and two days later she offered me a job. So I'm kind of more of like her personal assistant slash I do it. anything and everything that can help support the company that um, they don't already have um, done at the moment. But I really like it. It's really fun. And I mean, being like a PR major, it's given me a lot of exposure to more of like the publicity side of things, as well as just doing things that I never get to do. Like I never get to go to an Upper East Side apartment and 
feel as if I'm literally Sarah Jessica Parker and see the closet that is larger probably than hers is. And it's it's really cool. That's insane. What network are you are she getting a lot of her clients from? Very well known in the city. So it's a little bit like referrals from friends and just like different TV personalities. And I mean, I think press related inquiries, I would say she gets a lot of. Um, there are also I can refer people. So that's one of my new tasks is to find individuals who would great sign us up for a pro bono case (laughs) do they need a charity case to put on their website (laughs) will they do some work for free some csr efforts can be put in there (laughs) i i honestly think i need to sign myself up but i no, it would be embarrassing i would be like the guinea pig but um, I will keep you guys in mind for those pro bono cases. I, it's a really cool job. I, they, they are lovely, lovely humans, and they really care about love and people in general, making them happy. And I just love the hopeless romanticism that I'm around constantly. That is so exciting. I'm such a sucker for love. I actually just finished my application for Love is Blind season two. Yes. Everyone yes. stay um, I'm just like really into it. I'm into the experiment. I seriously doubt they would ever cast me because they try to cast their members that all live in the same city. That's why season one, they were all from Atlanta because they didn't want to add like another roadblock between the two people who could potentially find love if they don't live in the same area. But I think the season's out of Chicago, pretty sure. And my passion too for Abby is to sign her up for as many <laughs> reality dating shows as humanly possible or casting <laughs> calls. She just sent me one on Facebook today about if you are from the city and you fall in love with a farmer. So, and, <laughs> and my, I want Abby to become famous because I will, if she rises, I rise with her. Piggyback off that fame, baby. So why would I? Not want the best for both of us. We rise by lifting others. This podcast <laughs> is going to be a sensation once I make it on one of these shows, you guys. And we've, put, we've submitted uh, too many applications to The Bachelor, but it was right before the pandemic. So I'm going to blame you not getting on for that. And also, if we apply again soon, you'll be like 23-ish by the time they get back to us. So things are really getting better. Old enough. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of The Bachelor, what do you think of Kit, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. I was just about to mention her. Yeah, she's she's quite an interesting character. Um, she's I don't know if she's really in it for love. I would say perhaps more yeah. Instagram followers, but she perhaps. is very she's a very beautiful girl. Um, she comes obviously from a very talented family. Yeah. And I think that she will continue her recipes on her Instagram, but I <laughs> I, I expect on lots of sponsorship deals in the near future. I want to see her on Paradise. Oh, I could see that. I just feel like Kit is such a like classy girl. Like you can tell by the way she carries herself and what she's used to her lifestyle that I don't think I see her slumming it on a Mexico beach with a bunch of like drunk. Okay, that's true. You know, (laughs) I just want to see more of her as a TV personality. It doesn't have to be paradise. I just want to see her. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. I agree. She's really not. I don't I don't think she's fit for The Bachelor. I, I can't figure out what show she should be on or like you guys said, um, being on her own show, but I, I she she would be at the four seasons and then she would hop on over to the mm-hmm. hub for filming. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the I know you've barely started this job, but what is the, the biggest takeaway you have so far about love and falling in love or matchmaking thing that you've like noticed or learned? I think the most important thing I've learned 
is that you need to demand like you you should demand the respect that you deserve as a woman and actually I have two things demand the respect that you deserve as a woman because you're going to be treated like a pauper if not and you <laughs> should pauper. be yes you should be the queen that you are and they should treat you like one secondly and probably more so primarily like the concept of self-love and if like really if you don't love yourself like this whole relationship thing is just not going to work for you maybe short term but long term it's going to suffer and crumble and you're gonna have to pick up the pieces and that could take a lot longer than if you just would have taken care of yourself and um just loved yourself before you tried to go out and love someone else beautiful spoken like a true writer (laughs) (laughs) yeah I am the biggest advocate for you can't jump into a relationship might distract you but yeah. it's not going to fill whatever void that you're looking for if you don't love yourself properly and the better you love yourself the better you love the people around you I completely agree and you're, yeah. just, you're just a healthy healthier mind body and spirit that way I think it's easier said than done though mm-hmm. yeah because it's so much easier to distract yourself and like to temporarily feel like you have this like I don't know, something filling your spirit or just just like, I don't know, making you feel like you're whole, but then the emptiness comes and it's V real. So I think that might be why people look down upon people getting married so young these days too, because it does, it does take some time to figure that out and to figure Mm -hmm. yourself out. Like a lot of times in high school, if you even count those as real relationships, it's kind of like, you get into them wanting someone to complete you and wanting them to fill that hole that you are missing with that love. But then you have nothing left over. Like you have to already have your cup full so that you can pour into the other person and they have to do the same or else it's just everyone going to be running on half energy, half love, half everything. And that's not productive for any type (laughs) of life that anyone would want to have. No, I completely agree. And as much as it like feels... Like it's the right thing to do. I think retrospectively, that's why perhaps some of them crumble later on in life because they don't realize that until it's too late. So keep dating. (laughs) However you figure out to love yourself and fill up your cup, it's like an endless cup. It just overflows to the people around you, your friends, your family, the person. Yes, the the overflowing cup. That is going to be my dating memoir. And... (laughs) The more it overflows to the guy or the girl that you end up meeting and falling in love with. I agree. You essentially get bottomless mimosas for the rest of your life. Exactly. I love that analogy. That is good. Yeah. So good. So do you think that love is actually blind, Sarah? Because you've talked about how the first thing you look for in a guy is abs, but also... That was a phase. I can really like preface that I'm like, I'm phasing out of that. No, of course you're allowed to. You're allowed to want the abs. Like we're 23, we're 22. Fine. I yeah, I think that love can be blind in terms of like personality because I feel like I felt that connection before I ever met someone. But I yeah, also still see that physical attraction spark, which is like why certain of those cast members did not necessarily sustain their relationship after. They lived with each other. So I think I think there has to be, in my opinion, that chemistry and that spark physically. Mm-hmm. I think that the, emo- the emotional connection is uh, more important. But I think, I mean, I got to look at something pretty at the end of the day. I, 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 they have to have some sort of like aging benefits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the show yeah. is interesting because it is a nice basis to know someone likes you for you. But also the second you see them. Yeah. 
You're either attracted or you're not. I mean, Jessica and Mark, does that say enough? I think it takes time. And I don't know. I used to believe in love at first sight, but now I'm really questioning the whole thing. I don't know about you guys. Lust in first sight and passion at first sight are real. Yeah, I think you can see someone and instantly be attracted to them and the way they carry themselves in like a split second. Right. And there's some intangible intimacy and chemistry that you can just you can't put words to it. And it's it's either there or it's not. No matter how long you got how well you guys get along, no matter how well your lives match up on paper. Like if you don't have that intangible, like it's I just don't see that lasting either because beauty does fade. But there's something about like two souls that can come together and like that's where the chemistry happens. And when that happens, obviously it's magic, but it has to all come together. That's why I'm like, this is so hard to think about like who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Like there's so many factors and different angles to come at it from. It's like, how are all, how is the stars going to align for all of us? You guys. That's what I always think. It is a miracle that some people get married are genuinely happy and stay that way for like 50 years. I want that. I just don't know when that's going to happen. Also all of that, that you just said, Abby needs to happen. But let's not even forget the chance that you happen to meet them, that they live in the same area as you, that they have the same values as you, religion, ideals about like raising kids if you want them, like all of that to align is magic. There's so many factors. I feel like it's going to take forever. It's so. It has been. It's taken me 22 plus years. Not meeting him tomorrow. Let's promise ourselves we're never (laughs) going to settle, okay? Because life is too short to like settle because we're bored or because we get tired of waiting. On my 30th birthday, I'm going to be like, open door, anyone, next man that walks by, I'm asking him out, yeah. (laughs) I I pinky promise you, Abby, on that. And Ashley, we'll find you somewhere. (laughs) The pro bono matchmaking. (laughs) (laughs) I have my connections, don't you worry. (laughs) Just pick the industry and or personality that you want and I'll find them. (laughs) Outgoing, goofy, and finance. (laughs) There you go. What is your type? What do you want me to look for in New York for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it's pretty funny because earlier we actually mentioned any living, breathing male above (laughs) 5'11. But really, it's, um, I don't know, because I do have such a diverse attraction when it comes to like physicality. Um, because I like a lot of brunettes with curly hair. Curly hair is a big one for me. Don't know why. Um, but I myself am very tall, so I just like need a tall guy. So like all of you short girls out there taking the six foot four men, I have a bone to pick with you because I actually don't want a six four man. We've talked about it. I can't hear a yeah. six four man. <laughs> Ashley's not in the ear space of a six foot four man. I'm in the ear space of a five tenor. <laughs> yeah. You can barely hear me when I talk to her. But (laughs) no, I just feel like it's not like I have any other choice. Like I'm not going to date someone shorter than me. Like there are a lot of 5'11 kings out there. They're just not my kings, you know? (laughs) I'm almost 5'11. I'm like 5'10 and a half. No, I know what you mean. I I don't take the 6'4s, so uh, you don't have to come out to to hunt me down. But I I agree. I'll look at my roster and see what I have in store and send you some bios. Abby's on a date with a Bravo star, a prince of some foreign country, <laughs> and like an oil tycoon. Ashley, I can't get on any of these reality shows. We're just going to have to make our own. Uh, we're just going to have to make our own. Up. Well, Abby's I was thinking about it, and I'm like, why do I have such a diverse type? Like, shouldn't I have one kind of guy that I'm attracted to more so than the other? But I think I really just 
I'm a big lover of people like mm-hmm. to my core like a lot of people say I'm a people person but like I don't know what it is I just love human beings I love getting to know people from all different walks of life all different backgrounds areas whatever and I feel like why would I limit myself to not trying on everything at the store and just like shop in one little area like I just don't see the point in that like life's too short you know experience everything I love that. I love a good shopping analogy. Always, uh-huh. yeah. You definitely will be on a reality show of some sort, though. You have like a perfect personality. Wow, you guys just really flatter me. I'm so glad everyone believes in me as much as I believe in myself. <laughs> you should be the queen that you are. Everyone listening, we should do a giveaway where if you send in proof that you submitted Abby as a bachelor nomination, we'll do a giveaway with those people. Stop. With some sort of product or something. Yeah. Part of the date we're pulling from our resources. <laughs> That's freaking funny. I would be known as like Tall Girl 2019. <laughs> Literally. You that movie? I cast. There's pictures of Abby wearing heels and she's like 6'3 next to me barefooted and I'm 5'4. And we would always <laughs> said Tall Girl 2019. What did you do? Oh, I love it. And also, like, Malibu is your backyard. So you would have that kind of like geographic. Should have. I should have made myself my own agent. I mean, at least we got on The Bachelor like a lot of times. And I'm kicking myself too, because if you were more famous, I'd be more famous. Ashley's <laughs> like my literal agent. She's like, I'm kicking uh-huh. myself. Why didn't we book you any job? She's like, my trick pony. <laughs> I am your, I, I am your dance trick pony. Dance monkey dance. <laughs> She is actually my child star. She signs over parental rights, like to like money and like your your well being to me. She is my dance monkey dance, and I'm proud to be it. Nothing makes yeah. me happier than being performative. All right, we'll have to pull an agent on though for more of this talk. But let's bring it back to loving ourselves on Valentine's Day. Yes, yeah. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Like, do you have any plans for self love? Like, is there any like? spa day going on what's going on in sarah's world um sarah will probably say hello to june on uh <laughs> morning of february 14th perhaps i think and honestly we'll just be like a day to just relax and love myself more than i would generally allow it but um actually the plans are really tbd at the moment so i think in an ideal world i would have pancakes for breakfast um fresh squeezed orange juice then i would go for a nice run if i don't fall on the ice and then I think a nice um, facial at my favorite spa um, in the Flatiron District. And then I'd probably go for like a walk in Central Park and perhaps a massage after all of like the leg work. That would be an ideal day. Oh, and then order takeout because, you know, the shoes are in the She's oven. She's in the oven. <laughs> that is so iconic. I kind of want to know how you define self-care and how you practice self-care. You just mentioned like facials and massages and going for runs and things but is there anything else that you like doing I think anything that will honestly clear my head make the anxiety go away um, in my mind and shoulders because I feel like I always scrunch my shoulders and I'm just notorious for looking like the hunchback of Notre Dame so I think in terms of like self-care and self-love it's just doing something that allows you to look in the mirror love yourself smile and um just kind of take away all the stressors of daily life and um just be proud and love the person that you are because that is you you can't change it and if you don't love yourself what is the point to being someone that you're not I was recently telling one of my friends about the idea of I was I forgot what I was doing But it made me realize that you should treat yourself so kindly as if you're dating yourself. 
like buy yourself nice things, make yourself the best coffee, take yourself to go do something alone. Like, I don't know, go pick up a cupcake for yourself at your favorite place just because you can. You should treat yourself like you're dating yourself, like be really kind to yourself. Yeah, don't wait around for the boy to get you the beautiful flowers from Trader Joe's. Just like buy them for yourself because you can and then you get to look at them in your house. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Whenever I've had boy problems in the past, I always go shopping. But it's like go shopping when you're happy. You don't need to go when you're sad. Do it I mean, if your bank account allows, there's yeah. no point to just like allowing someone to make you feel a certain way. I think if you're feeling happy or if you're proud of yourself because of an accomplishment or you just want to like look a little bit extra cute, you get that facial if the bank account allows, of course, like I said. But yeah, I think um, I think self-love and self-care should happen every day of the year, not just one day in particular. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that our generation is more focusing on that than I think anyone before that because we would always put that to the shelf prior but um I think that there is some good that comes out of the pandemic in the end because if we don't k- take care of ourselves it, tragedy ensues totally yeah. and I think it's also important to acknowledge that it's easier said than done like we all have those days where we just don't love certain aspects about ourselves, or we're just feeling kind of gross mm-hmm. and I have been doing this thing on days where I feel like that where I just mm-hmm. kind of remind myself how much easier life is if you just choose to focus on the good and if you just choose to like yourself because you could honestly constantly focus on where you want to be and like what you want your ideal body to look like or what you want your hair or you know eyelash extensions like whatever what you ideally want to look like but you could also just spend all of that time and energy into focusing on loving yourself exactly the way you are today right now in the morning when you wake up fresh face. And although that's hard, I think if you put as much time and effort into that, it would be much more rewarding because that's the face and body you you got. And you're going to live your whole life with that. Reprioritize ladies. <laughs> like It's hard, but step by step, like we'll get there. No, I think that's like the best way to look at it. And I mean, as much as I feel like we like to idealize ourselves on Instagram, or at least like looking at people and always trying to compare and measure up to that. But at the end of the day, like you said, we are the fresh faced, beautiful people that we are. So love that is, I mean, it's easier said than done, like you said, but um, it's, you can't change it. But we are championing self love on this podcast, you guys. February 14th. Let's go. Coming in hot. I'm looking forward to it now more than I definitely was before. So thank you guys. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Also, you're gonna everyone's selfish. We all think about ourselves all the time. You're either gonna waste your time thinking negative things about yourself or you're gonna waste your time thinking positive things. So you might as well just literally force yourself to think the positive things until it becomes a habit. Manifest it, baby. Yes. A hundred still waiting for a manifestation episode. If any manifestation experts out there wanna come on. Ashley, I told you about like my manifesting journal thing, right? Yes. Well, okay. So Abby, I write down all my goals and this like journal I got in London and like generally every week they come true. So it's very odd. So just like write down your goals or think about like aspects of yourself you love because I'm telling you the next week they're going to come true. It's weird. So would you, do you want to share some of the goals with us? Like what are some things that you write in there? Yeah, some of them I remember were tangible too. Because when you told me, I was like, well, I can't write like number goals or like really set things. But some of them were tangible, like attitudes, right? Get a date. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, they were like lofty by any means. Let me see. I'm pulling them up right now. Um, I think I sent, yeah, I sent them to Ashley. Um, 
productivity, job interview interviews, tan skin, good running slash movement, <laughs> smiles, clarity, explanations, a date, please and thank you. And then next week was like a job offer. A certain person calls me. Um, I feel free but in control. A workout routine. I write more poetry. I make a dinner. Hashtag new recipe. Um, in, I don't know, connection. They're just very vague, but like in my mind, they really like mm-hmm. keep them, so. But I like the vague ones too. If you're feeling down and out, vague ones like connection. That can mean anything. You could find that anywhere or clarity. Completely. Yeah. Oh, it, I see when I write them, I know the specific instance I'm talking about, but obviously you can't let everyone know what I'm saying. But no, I agree. It, yeah. it can apply to lots of things. And I like how you said like prioritize movement and do things that make your body feel good as opposed to like, I want to look a certain way. Like, no, we want to be healthy and we want to make our bodies feel good and treat it well in exactly the state that we are in now. Exactly. So whether that's literally walking to the grocery store or just like, I don't know, walking to your fridge, it's movement. (laughs) I think it's it's in whatever form and you can interpret it however you'd like. And that's what I did for myself because whenever I set crazy goals, they never happen. I'm mad at myself and I think it's unhealthy sometimes. So yeah, general goals are for the win in 2021. Yeah. I think it's really important to celebrate the little wins because that's what helps you build up your confidence. And that's what helps you continue to work towards those bigger goals. Because if all you set is really large, far off goals that are going to take a long time to accomplish, it's really easy to get down on yourself or really easy to even give up because the end seems so far away. But if you set those little goals that you can celebrate throughout the week, then it's like you realize you are doing something great. Like all of us are doing little great things throughout the week mm-hmm. that deserve to be celebrated. That's beautiful, Abby, because you probably can't run five miles every day of the week, go on three yeah. dates and get two job offers all in one week. So I can yeah. dream, but no, unreal. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, your mental health would not be the best if that's the schedule you were running day in, day out. Feel free to um, check in on my diary the last uh, three months because when I tried that, yeah. <laughs> it hit the fan really quick. <laughs> it's really nice to get to like walk past like uh, Bryant Park or Times Square, Grand Central Station. My, my job is right by Grand Central. So it's, I feel like I'm just living this iconic. Like, do you, I hope that you are acknowledging this and acting like you're the main character as you do it. I, I definitely put the soundtrack in. Okay, good. Along these monumental sites and like kind of pinching myself, like really wondering how did this happen to me? I, I really work across the street from the Chrysler building as well. So it's, it's quite mind blowing to me. I, I don't know how I got um, stuck in this story, but. I'm not complaining. I know every day is different, but what would be like the genre of movie that you're living in New York in general? Rom-com. Rom-com. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, emphasis, well, a romantic comedy meets um, kind of like sardonic drama, if there was something. Got it. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do I say this? The Notebook. Meets- it's kind of like The Family Stone. <laughs> Kind of like, have you seen The Family Stone? Yes, yes, I have. That's totally rom-com meets sardonic drama. Yeah, Abby knows that I discovered it this year. I watched it five times over <laughs> December. And Abby, my mom the other day was like, you know what, Ashley? I'm shocked. I haven't thought of The Family Stone in a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's how often me and my mom were thinking about it slash listening to that song from the bar scene slash watching it. <laughs> That's really funny. Ashley, we should watch it when you come visit. Yes, in the snow. Yes. yes. It's so fun. 
No, yeah, that basically describes my life with like a Sex in the City twist. A fun and flirty, upbeat rom-com with a hint of sardonic drama. <laughs> 100%. You nailed it. Yeah, no you definitely. Sarah, you're going to have to have us out there so me and Abby can um, record in Times Square like Ryan Seacrest and Dick Clark. Here's Ryan and his dick. I guess I'll be dick. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> no, I feel like, yeah. I, I mean, Dick's dead, right? Did he die? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Recently, I think, yeah. May he you rest in peace. You could be like the Kelly. One of you could be the Kelly, one of you could be the Ryan. No, um, yeah. anytime, please come. Ideally, once more of the city is open and it's not freezing. But yeah. I would host both of you. It would be so fun. I need more friends here. So anyone listening that lives in New York, please follow me on Instagram and let's hang out. It's going to be so beautiful. Like there's like this new little like structure along the Hudson River they're opening. It's like this $250 million like park edition or I don't know. Yeah, it's a park edition, I guess, so to speak, um, that Diane von Furstenberg and her like billionaire husband, Barry, um, donated to the city. So it's very pretty. But yes, please come in the summer. Bring your shorts, bring your bikinis, bring your flirty and fabulous selves, and we'll have the best time. I just want to know what the biggest difference between LA people and New York people are that you have noticed. The tan skin versus the pale skin, <laughs> uh, as well as... New Yorkers keep it very real to the point you want to cry, but their transparency can be a blessing and a curse. Whereas I feel like LA people sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it on the truth to kind of make you feel better slash not hurt your feelings per se. But um, mm-hmm. also New Yorkers are more work oriented. And I feel like Southern California people in particular value their life and their lifestyles more than perhaps their careers, generally speaking. And I think they value a higher quality of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I would imagine. What was that restaurant, Abby? Our friends Jeff in India went out with Abby to New York, I think, last Christmas. And there was this one restaurant Abby was dying to eat at. And the only reservation was like, what, 10 a.m.? And they woke up in the morning. And Jeff was like, can't wait to wake up and go have a steak at 10 (laughs) a.m. What restaurant was it? It was Tavern on the Green. Oh, yes. No, you have to go there. Yes, it was my first time in New York. So I obviously wanted to do some of the touristy things. And Tavern on the Green was like one of them. And I was really excited to go. But we didn't make reservations like far enough in advance, I guess. Or like we didn't like plan out our schedule that well for the weekend. And we, I was like, you guys, like, this, we've got to go at 11. Like, that's the only <laughs> time they have. And it was, like, 10, and we were just waking up from, like, a long night out. And Jeff's like, oh, good morning. Like, can't wait to just chomp into a steak right now. <laughs> Sarah, do you follow on TikTok? This is my dream guest that I hope is obtainable. Do you follow Audrey Peters? Her name's familiar. Why should I know her? Is she because only- she is. Her, like, brand is that she lives in New York. And, like, she rates, like, restaurants and different types of people and just, like, stereotypes of them. I have a list of restaurants that I want to go to and bars because of her. (laughs) So do you have any podcasts or book recommendations that you think people absolutely should read or listen to? Well, I'm just about to begin this book called, like, Normal People. Have you guys heard of it? It's, like, a thing. I think it's, like, a movie. Have we we heard of it? Let's not even – this is such a rabbit hole. Ashley and I both read this book with our other friend Allie and we had some questionable opinions about it um I know it gets hyped up a lot it was on was it on Reese Witherspoon's book club yeah I think so 
It is overhyped for what it is. If there was zero hype around it, if I picked it out of the rubble, I would have liked it more. But the hype, there were certain scenes. There were certain, if it was a movie, there were certain scenes in it that I really loved, but they were just like, well, they worth. did make a show of it. It's on yeah. Hulu. And I told you a hundred times the show was so much better than okay, the I'll book. I watched half of it, actually. You gotta watch it. <laughs> what would you guys rate the book out of like 10? Out of 10? If like I had six. a five, five star scale, I'd say three. Okay. I honestly so would, would give it a six out of 10, personally. Mm-hmm. Because I, just was, I couldn't get behind... Like this pacing was really slow and I couldn't really mm-hmm. get behind the character's love story because it just never gave me what I wanted it to give me. But transition to a visual medium and I watched the story happen and the mm-hmm. acting with it 10 times better. I loved the show. And also maybe looking back, maybe it's because I'm more of a, like arguably more a grown up than teenager, but I felt like I couldn't relate to the decisions they were making in high school but don't take our opinions for it yeah. of course have your own opinions about the book and then tell us what you think any podcasts you recommend do you well, one just go with it uh <laughs> secondly would be my boss's podcast her podcast let's get raw with rory she has mm-hmm. quite an array of bravo personalities just um interesting new york characters um her business partner dr gluck's on it as well so you can get to meet dr gluck uh but that would be a very good podcast i kind of like nick viles um podcast the vile files oh He's yeah an- i haven't listened yet he has a girlfriend fun fact i think he just uh about time heard about that. yeah she she looks like the nick vile type so congrats to him i have mixed feelings about call her daddy but okay. I do enjoy it from time to time. So yeah, yeah. Kind of- time and a place. Yes. Apparently, we have gotten requests as of late for um, June and I to start a podcast. So stay tuned on that one. Honestly, <laughs> I think there's a hole in the market for another Gilmore Girls duo. Like you could hey. make it big. Do you want to pimp yourself out? Do you want the people to follow you on Instagram? Where can they find you and ask you all of their questions about the fabulous Big Apple, about dating, Paris travels? I was delighted what to do and not to do in terms of trap houses. Um, Yes, my Instagram is at Sarah Bozen XO. Do I need to spell it? Yes, Sarah with a no H. H and then B-O-E-S-E-N. Yes, I would love any and all of your questions. And I have too many puns on my Instagram, so my apologies. But you'll enjoy them in the end. Amazing. Well, we have just absolutely loved this discussion. It's been very insightful. I hope all of the listeners are going into Valentine's weekend with some new takes on self-love and some more inspiration to date yourself, but also date others. Like, put yourself out there. We're young. Let's do it, you guys. We're all in this together. Just freaking go with it. And at the very least, hope you want to travel to New York after listening to this one. Please, please, please. I know exactly. We're young, fun, and I think we can still get some. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on, Sarah. We loved having you. Thank you, guys. So good seeing you. So good talking to you. And please visit me soon. Of course. Booking the flight now. (laughs) 